go live. And according to Zoom, we are live streaming. Hey, everybody, welcome to Divi Chat episode 103. When to go Boom. from side hustle to full time. That's not the title. When to transition from side hustle to full time freelancer. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Pablo, our trusty channel moderator, has joined us. Awesome. Hola, Pablo. And Mike Devitt, boom, our, I'm going to call Mike a usual man. He's here every single week. And I just want Mike to know that we greatly, greatly appreciate you and all of the viewers who come and join us each week for Divi Chat. So, and, and give awesome input too, because that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Or, um, or humor. Yes. Uncle Social's in the house. I don't know why. I just like that name, Uncle Social, just saying. <laughs> uh, Did we ever right, confirm so, whether or not that was SJ? Oh, it's not. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it is. It would be nice. It's a good conspiracy theory. Like we have conspiracies <laughs> about other people in the groups who might be certain people. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's get this topic started off. And uh, before we do, I know these two awesome dudes that are here with me need no introduction. But in case there's somebody new watching, why don't y'all to introduce yourselves? And uh, I guess we're going to go by age first. Corey. Oh, I, th Wait. I thought you were going to go ladies first, and I was going to say time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I am old, aren't I? Okay, um, Corey Jenkins here coming at you from uh, Arizona, if you can't tell by my hat that I just got in the mail today. Um, I'm a developer. Love I've been it. in WordPress for, geez, 10 years, I guess. Been been messing with it, so it's been a while. Um, you can find me at aspengrowthstudios.com, divi.space, and various places on the web. I'm happy to be here. Boom. So glad you're here, Corey. Corey's my the other half of my business. He's my business partner. That's why I put I meant instead of saying old Corey, I meant to say seniority. But I suffer <laughs> from, I suffer from CRS. So it kind of blank. It's okay. I'm I'm feeling old today. I'm I'm feeling old. So lack of sleep, whatnot. Tim, give us a shout. Who are you? Hey, everybody, Tim Streifler here, and I'm broadcasting from the Austin, Texas area, and you can find me online at divilife.com, timstreifler.com, and the home of mine and David's Divi Business Expert course, wpgears.com. Like how I work that in there, David? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell the world that you're actually in Round Rock, Tim, and not Austin, Texas. <laughs> hey, I said, the, I said the Austin, Texas area. So since Leslie's gone, he's trying to sneak that in there because he thought. Uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't say anything inaccurate. It's the Austin Metroplex, which is okay. Austin, Round Rocks, Cedar Park, Pflugerville, Georgetown. I can keep going. Oh, man. Keep going. Keep you're, going. Learning, you're learning the area. All right. Well, my <laughs> name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios and Divi Space. Tim's cohort over on WPGears.com as well. We also have WPThePodcast.com that we don't shout out much. And more importantly for this podcast, Divi.chat. If you have never been to uh, that website and you only listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, go check out our website. It's pretty badass. We've got like 103 podcast episodes over there. And uh, Leslie Bernal did the the design on that site and it's just fantastic so it's an awesome check it out website, yeah well today we're going to talk about when to transition from side hustle to to, to full-time freelancer uh this is a topic that tim and i have talked about on wp the podcast before uh i think it's a good topic for the divi community because a lot of the divi community are do-it-yourselfers they have full-time jobs they're starting to build websites on the side as they're um, you know, working their full-time job and stuff. And they may have aspirations of doing this full-time. I know, you know, a lot of people that we talk to and that we hear from, that's their goal. They wanted, they, they enjoy WordPress. They love WordPress. They absolutely love Divi and they want to go full-time with it. And 
uh, they're scared and they don't know when the best time to do that is and stuff. So we're going to kind of share our experience, you know, and our opinions and uh, give you some tips and, you know, some, some things that may help you make that transition and stuff. So I've talked a while, so I'm going to let one of these other two dudes do some talking. Let's have Tim give the definition of this. <laughs> uh, sure. um i mean i will jump in for sure i don't think there's much defining that needs to be done but uh, i mean essentially uh you know i would say most web designers developers start out doing some sort of a side hustle Um, i don't think anyone will just jump in completely with no experience no skills nothing and then decide that they want to do it full time before they've learned except except me Yeah, I guess Dave's an exception. So I, a little about my story. I, I kind of stumbled into building websites. It wasn't something I planned on doing. It wasn't like a conscious decision where I said, I want to start building websites. And then I kind of figured out and learned and stuff. I um, basically, my wife, when we were engaged, she said, hey, go get us a wedding website. That was like one of only a few things that I was responsible for. <laughs> uh, on the bride side, they, her and her, uh, her bridesmaids handled everything else. Um, and so I Googled, you know, wedding websites and there are some do it yourself platforms out there, but at the time, nothing was any good. This was before Squarespace existed. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and, and, and figure it out. And so I taught myself how to build a website got something up, bought an elegant theme subscription. Uh, the day I found WordPress was the day I found elegant themes. And so I built a website and then that was kind of like my first introduction and like got compliments on it. People liked it. I don't exactly remember what the next step was, but someone heard that I was capable of building websites. And so they asked for my help. And then um, I kind of just kept getting randomly, you know, referrals from people um, without ever promoting, without ever trying to get work. It just kind of happened. And then the next thing I know, I had this side business. I was like, I better get my own website up. And I started doing a little bit of promoting. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of my story on on how that happened. Um, And then, I never, again, I never planned on it becoming a full-time job, um, a full-time career. So I wasn't trying to get active or a bunch of clients and build my client base or anything like that. It was just projects would come and then I would do them. That was it. I wasn't trying to do any type of maintenance recurring plan, anything like that. Uh, And then eventually, um, I can tell David's getting bored because he's typing. Um, I'm in the chat, man. I'm, I'm, I'll wrap it up. I'm engaging with our viewers. I'm over in the, we're we're trying to break your train of thought in the, uh, in the chat there, Tim. I know it's working. Um, So eventually I, uh, I got to the point where I was fed up working for someone else and I was, you know, doing the uh, different sales and marketing jobs. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of this job. I don't want to go and find another job working for someone else. I know how to build websites. I can do it. I have sales experience. I have marketing experience. I can do this. And so I kind of, in a way, jumped in head first because I had no uh, existing uh, ongoing clients or anything like that. Um, you know, most people will recommend getting a client base until you've replaced your salary and then you quit your full-time job. I did the opposite. I had like no safety net, no clients, nothing. I just jumped in. Um, but that's kind of the way I do things. Jump in head first. Um, I'm not good at... Uh, different like splitting focus and so for me like having my my full attention on building my business that was the right decision and so i realized this is kind of not the typical way and usually not recommended but for me at the time it worked and it was the the right decision all right anyone else want to talk no (laughs) (laughs) Corey, you're muted man you gotta unmute yourself if you want the world to hear you sorry i was clearing my throat so i muted it and forgot to unmute um, yeah, I, I guess I'll kind of tell a bit of my backstory and I, I kind of did things a little different than that, than the normal as well. Um, as mentioned, when I was introducing myself, I've been, uh, working with WordPress for, you know, 10, probably, you know, a little over 10 years, um, sold a company that I had, it was a marketing agency. Uh, we built websites, we, um, you know, ran newspaper ads, did graphic design, stuff like that for clients. And um, this was back in like 2007 when the economy tanked and people couldn't afford like full size, uh, you know, full page ads like in newspapers and magazines um, like like they were doing at the time. Um, so 
I, I, I had sold the company and moved out to Arizona. I took a number of jobs out here, working for a radio station, um, working in, uh, you know, doing WordPress, doing some other stuff, took another marketing director job. So I was working a marketing director job and found out, hey, we've got a kid on the way. Um, what most people would do in that case is, all right, I'm going to keep my jobs, the stability um, and... Um, you know, just kind of, you know, stick with it, stay in that corporate lifestyle. All right. What are we doing guys? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Yeah, keep talking, Corey. Keep talking. <laughs> Tim, you can't hear me? Or you can no, hear me I now? can hear you. I was just messing with you. Okay. All right. Jeez. Let's keep on roasting each other. I'm like trying to concentrate. <laughs> I'm the only one that can concentrate, talk and take flack at the same time. I know. It's a special skill. Squirrel. Except for um, David's not actually listening when you're talking to him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing he's typing in our chat and buying domains at the same time. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway so uh, so I found out we have a kid on the way right and I'd been doing a, a little bit of side projects here and there for clients nothing near where my salary needed to be. Um, I did pick up one client from the radio station that I worked at and it was like steady enough money to like. Uh, buy diapers with I guess uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I knew I wanted to see my family more and I didn't want to work you know 10 hours a day uh, half an hour away from my house and you know be gone on the weekends for events and things like that like I was doing so I just kind of like uh, talked to my wife who is um, awesome and extremely supportive and um, just kind of took a leap of faith quit my job uh had a couple of clients that I, that I had at the time, uh, kind of a side hustle, took a leap of faith and, uh, you know, here I am today, I guess like five years later. So it's, it's worked out. Uh, I, I don't regret a minute of it. I get to see my, my kids a lot in the morning at night during the day. Um, so it's, it's been awesome. Uh, I just yeah. want y'all to know Corey and Tim that Google slime says, hello. There you go. Google slime. I told oh, Google my slime. friends. You said hi. Tell your friends. I said, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, no, no, no. I cut my hair today, Mike. That's what. You, that's why I'm going hatless. You know. I, I guess it looks like I cut my hair every day because I don't have any. But you know, um, it's all good. I think you know what I want to say to this topic. You know, the, the topic is when do you transition from side hustle to freelance or full time freelancer, and you know. My simple answer to that question is when somebody gives, when you have enough money to take care of yourself, pay your bills, you know, um, I have a couple of different philosophies on, on when that time might be right. Uh, there's nothing quite like pressure, you know, when you've got to keep the lights on and you've got to put food in the fridge to motivate you to, um, you know, get, get clients close deals and build websites. You know, if you're, if you've got a full-time job and you're comfortable, it's probably going to be a little bit harder for you to give it up and stuff. So my experience is a little bit more like Tim's where um, sometimes you just got to go for it and stuff. And, um, and if you've heard my story, I've given it many times. I've told it on Divi chat. I've told it on WP, the podcast. I've shared it with Divi nation uh, and Nathan Weller um, mine is, is very, I'm, I'm very much an entrepreneur. I was born an entrepreneur. Um, I have that mindset and I just, I've never had that normal fear and concern that most human beings on planet earth, including my wife have, which is I need security and everything needs to be. If I see something and I feel like I can do it, I just go for it. So if you're like me and you're one of those people I say go for it, you know, jump all in. Tim wants to say yeah. something. I can say it. Go. Well, yeah, I mean that uh, that mindset of you know going for it and and you know the kind of the entrepreneurial spirit. If if that terrifies you, then maybe you know working for yourself isn't the right fit, or you need to do more of the slow transition, and that's okay. You know, like there's plenty of people that. Uh, you know, need to do that, that type of, of, uh, transition. Um, but for me, and I think probably for my fellow panelists here, working for someone else to me is riskier than working for myself because 
when my livelihood is in the hands of someone else and I'm working for them and they're the ones that will basically determine how much I get paid when I get paid, if I get paid and they have the power to say you're fired at any point in time, like to me, that's risky. But when I'm working for myself full-time, I have the ability to go in and uh, create my own income where it's like, you know, the, the fate is in my own hands type of thing. And so to me, that like gets me fired up. I'm like, all right, like there's no one else that's going to make this happen. Like it's only me. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's kind of the way I, I look at things. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the, in the same boat and maybe that's a recurring thing. I I've never been overly concerned about the stability. I knew there's always a way to, to make it happen. I mean, if you're slow, I, I had at one point when I was, when I was freelancing at one point, I went and got approved to, to drive for uh, Uber when it first started here in Prescott and I didn't end up doing it, but I, you know, went through the process and I went, I had to go up to Flagstaff because I didn't have a local center here to, to get your car approved, but um, basically got approved to drive for Uber. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing my, my uh, daily hustle. I'm not making enough money right now. If need be on the weekends at night, I'll go drive for Uber and, and make some extra money. Um, so that, that was kind of my mentality. Um, I, I know a lot of guys, like probably the most relatable uh, person to this conversation would be somebody like Tim Ferriss, who has kind of made a living off of, <laughs> off of make, making that leap of faith. And, and kind of what he preaches is like, look, okay, you're stuck in this like salary job making 50,000 a year, you know, if that, and, and you know, that's, that's about what I was making as a, as a uh, marketing director, you know, worst case scenario, you try it, it doesn't work out six months later, you go back and get a, get another job that you're unhappy with, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if, if you have the qualifications and the skill set, you're going to find, if you, if you need to go back to that, but if you have faith in yourself and you have the skill set and you're willing to work your butt off, it's not such, such a big leap of faith. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think starting a business, any business, whether it's, you know, freelancing, web design, web development, or, you know, something completely different, physical products, whatever, there's going to be sacrifice involved. And so whether that sacrifice is your time where you're doing a side hustle and you're trying to sacrifice, um, you know, working two jobs, you know, your full-time job and then your side hustle, well, you have to sacrifice something or the alternative is sacrificing the security, the income, that sort of thing. And so it's kind of like, you know, choose, you know, pick your poison type of thing, you know, starting a business isn't easy, no matter what it is. And so you kind of have to choose, you know, do I want to sacrifice my time, my sleep in order to have a full-time job and do a side hustle? Or do I want to sacrifice the stability of a paycheck um, and be able to focus, you know, hundred percent on the, on the business. Yeah. I think ultimately the, you know, the, I don't want to use, you know, what, what, what's, what's great for at the end of this episode, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Um, I think, you know, it's different for everybody and it depends on your comfort level, you know, when it's time to transition from side hustle. Some people, it is a certain number that they need to hit, a certain pipeline, a certain goal, the security. It's more important to them. Um, some people, it's, you know, they're motivated and driven by, you know, needing to have to have to produce results and stuff. Um, some people are crippled by it. You know, fear just kind of kills them. So if you're that type of person where fear just cripples you and you want to pull the covers over your head and, and, and not go out and face the world... I'm going to say, don't do what Tim, Corey, and I did and, you know, walk off the <laughs> ledge and into the, into the, you know, uh, abyss and hope that clients are just going to come out of the woodwork. Um, I think as long as your work, you're willing to put in the work, put in the effort. And more importantly, this is pretty huge. If you don't have the skill set, it's all about closing deals and being able to close clients. So if you don't have the skill set, if you're uncomfortable about making presentations, then you probably need to build up your business as a side hustle until it can replace your income. But if you feel like you can produce some revenue and close some sales and you're comfortable with that, I'm going to say sooner is, is better than later. And, uh, and that's a skill set that can be learned. So um, find somebody who can teach you how to, how to make that transition and, and do that stuff. Yeah. Um, one of my tips would be if, if you are one of those like numbers people and you're like, I want 
this exact amount of money guaranteed per, you know, per month. And then I'm going to have maybe some, you know, I'm going to have other stuff in my pipeline that's going to come through and, you know, at any given time, um, you know, you could have more or less money, but from the very get go, figure out a way to get some recurring revenue whether, you know, whether it's a, uh, you know, maintenance plans, uh, you can include hosting in your maintenance, maintenance plans. But, um, I, I think that's something a lot of people kind of regret is that from the get go, when they first start selling clients websites, they don't really, uh, push the value of the maintenance package and that's going in and updating the website, um, you know, uh, doing, you know, security checks, things like that. So, you know, if you can get $7,500 a, a month from these clients, which is well worth it for, for maintenance, um, you know, and maybe include, you know, extra to do some, some updates to their site, uh, you know, text and pictures and things like that. But if, if you're one of those people that like are super concerned about the numbers and don't see the funnel, you know, I, I mean, I, I think to us, if we have like, you know, all right, 10, 10 perspective websites, we know we're going to get at least like 75% of those coming in sometimes all at once. <laughs> and, then, and then you got to figure out a way to do it. But um, I, I would highly suggest from the get go, start selling some of that recurring revenue. And then you can really project uh, annually by annual, you know, like, like every, you know, a couple of years out kind of how much money you're going to be making. So I want yeah. to, um, I'm going to, there's a couple of statements and comments in the chat and questions that I think are really, really good and stuff. I, I want to address one of the, one of our viewers, Christian is asking, you know, how long would it take to get good with Divi and stuff? I honestly did not know anything about WordPress. When I started my WordPress journey, Divi had just come out. I didn't know CSS. I didn't know PHP. I didn't know JavaScript, jQuery, nothing. And I built websites for clients because Divi's that powerful. It was a drag and drop builder that allowed me. Now, did those sites look and perform as well as the sites that I build today, five years down the road? Absolutely not. But I think it's a great point to today's topic in that you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to. That's the awesome thing about Divi is Divi gives you that flexibility and ability to, you know, build great websites because a pizza shop owner knows a thousand times less than you do. You know, if you're just starting out with WordPress and stuff, you know, and you have somewhat of a technical ability and stuff. So don't be don't be afraid to uh, to do that. So Mike makes a really great comment. He said, also, get out and network, try to meet potential new clients. I'm going to tell you that I have picked up more clients than anything else with this one thing, engaging in conversation with total strangers in random places restaurants, coffee shops, doesn't matter. And inevitably, they always ask the same question. What do you do for a living? You know, and my response is, oh, I'm a web developer. I build custom websites for clients. I can't tell you how many times people have looked at me and said, really? I need a website. You know, can you help me out? And next thing you know, I've got a new client and stuff. So, um, Boom. yeah. Yeah. Cause people hate being sold to, but something like that, where it's harmless, you're not going in there trying to pitch what you do. You're just having a friendly conversation because David, you're outgoing and you didn't talk to random strangers. <laughs> and so, but by doing that, their defenses are down. They're genuinely curious what you do. And then, Oh, like you said, really, <laughs> I'm in need of someone to build on my website. Yeah. You know, I have a 20 year old website, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to, to mention, um, I, I think, um, and again, I think this is going to depend on the person, um, and kind of your personality and everything. We we've all mentioned how we kind of liked, you know, that sink or swim mentality of the pressures on now we have to make things happen. Um, and I think that can be a good thing and kind of the level of where that's at, you know, like for me and David, uh, going in without any existing clients, jumping in head first, you know, that's a total leap. Corey had, uh, I think you said a couple clients ongoing, not quite. Yeah. I mean, it was like a thousand dollars a month, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For a, for a kid coming like, or actually a kid just being born, you know, it, it, it was risky, but yeah, it's in retrospect, it paid off. Yeah. So like the level of, of like risk will, will vary, but I think having something there 
that kind of like, you know, the sink or swim, literally like <laughs> you're either going to like fail or you're going to, you know, survive and your, your business is going to make it. And so having some sort of pressure on you to go out and make it happen uh, can be one of the greatest things that you do for your business because, you know, like the kind of mentality where failure isn't an option. Like I have to, you know, be able to to pay my rent or my mortgage or feed my family this month. So I need to do whatever it takes, no matter what. And I think, um, you know, if you can put that type of, of pressure on, maybe it's not a hundred percent risk. Maybe it's, you know, okay, I need to make things happen. Otherwise we're gonna have to be dipping into our savings type of thing. Um, you know, I think that can definitely help, you know, get what, what's the savings, home. Tim, you mean people have savings? Tim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just spend all my money buying domains. I don't know about you guys. Hey, look, I want to, I want to talk to something here because, um, you know, uncle social again, I love that name by the way, uncle social. And we love that you're here visiting with us every week, watching us live makes a really good comment, you know, and I want to kind of expound upon it. He says, uh, it, it goes to the question of how easy was it to learn Divi and stuff. And I, and I'm going to tie it in with this episode as well. You know, he says that it, you know, it, he doesn't think there's a solid answer. It depends on how much people are prepared to pay for what you create, which I couldn't agree with more. I'm sure there are some designers just selling free Divi templates. And let me tell you, that is correct. The Divi templates are badass, awesome, beautiful websites. I wish I would have had something as awesome to show clients, potential clients like Divi templates that are out there today, you know, to close deals. Cause those things look super awesome. I mean, you can go out, take these free Divi templates, modify them just slightly, you know, put them to a niche, you know, restaurants or whatever locally and just use them as your portfolio and stuff. And you can probably start closing some deals. People are going to look at those templates and they're going to think, oh my God, this is a great web designer because guess what? They don't know. They don't know that, you know, you're, you may not be the one doing all the work on the back end and stuff. So, um, and you're going to learn and your skills are going to grow and, you know, you're going to learn what's to do for the client, what's best for the client and stuff. You just have to you got to be willing to walk through the fear and stuff. And I think that's what stops most people from making that transition is, is the fear is overwhelming and they're not able to just walk through the fear and, uh, and, and go no matter what. Yeah. You know? I, I think, I think people um, when they're starting out and they're using a, a pre-made uh, child theme or template, they, I think a lot of people feel some guilt about that. And, and a lot of that is probably that they're, that they are feeling, um, you know, it's referred to, you know, as, and we've talked about it before as imposter syndrome, imposter. but, but, but here, here's what you have to, to think. I mean, even though you might not be at the level of, of, you know, some of us on Divi chat and in the Divi community, the, the number of people out there that are business people or need, needing websites that can actually set up hosting point name servers, uh, install WordPress, install a child theme or a template, and then edit that template you're, you're in a small fraction of the population that can still do that. Yes, of course, there's, there's fractions within that of people who can like, you know, write their own child themes and write custom PHP and JavaScript like that. But don't get down on yourself because you're using something that expedites the design process because ultimately whatever value you're providing to the client, if it's a restaurant and they really need a nice looking website and you use a template and they're, and they're extremely happy with it and it converts, that's all that matters ultimately, yeah, you know, they don't so, care. Yeah. yeah. That's a, I'm so glad you said that Corey. That was a really good point. Um, I feel like a lot of times we tend to compare ourselves to our peers, our, uh, you know, other designers, other people in the Divi community, other developers. And we feel like when I'm selling my random client locally, isn't like legit, you know, compared to what my peers are doing, you know, these custom coded, you know, lots of custom JavaScript and CSS and, you know, crazy transition hover effects and whatnot. Well, I guess you can do all those with built in Divi now, but, um, but yeah, the client, they don't care. Like if, if uh, you're giving them a solution, they don't care about the tools that you use. And, and I think that comes up with like Divi even like, you know, like if my client sees how easy Divi is, they might, you know, not want to pay me. It's like, well, no, they're running their business. They don't care how you get it done, what tools you use. They're paying you, you know, for a solution that works. 
So yeah, you know, it, like like I know WordPress inside and out, but I, I'm not a great designer. So you know, I, I could I could go and like so I'm doing a custom solution for you. This is all you know built yeah. by me doing this, and and it's not going to be like nearly as nice looking as as it would be for me to use a a child theme or you know or a layout pack uh, you know from from either Elegant Themes or some other companies out there. So just saying it's like, you know, 100% custom like solution made by you. If, if design isn't your strong suit, then, you know, why, why not either, uh, you know, use a solution like that, a product like that, or, uh, you know, event, eventually once you get to that point, uh, you know, maybe bring somebody on to kind of design the templates for you. So. Yeah. I think in the, in the long run clients, they care about the bottom line. How is this going to benefit and help my business and stuff? And, and um, you know, it, it's really hard. They're visual people. Most people are visual. They see something. It looks good. It, they're like, oh, wow, I can have that. And they can, they can visualize their business and their brand and um, what it would look like and stuff. And that goes a long ways, you know, um, Hey, I'm going to, you know, um, build this complex, you know, piece of thing and, and code it properly and all this stuff. And, and they're going to be like, huh? You know, the, (laughs) the only thing they really care about is, is this going to help my business and what's the return on investment? So those are the things that you need to touch on. There was a question here from uncle social. Did anyone use referral schemes for their clients to grow their client base fast from side hustle to freelancer? For example, Refer a client, get six months of hosting for a kickback. I'll answer first. Um, no, <laughs> I didn't do that. And I personally wouldn't do something like that to build up a client base, but I'm not the average bear when it comes to selling and closing clients. That comes natural to me. It's pretty easy. Um, most people, if I talk to them and they're interested in a website, they, they'll hire me because of because I do know what, you know, how to talk to them and, and explain to them in layman's terms what my services are going to do to benefit their business. And that's ultimately what closes sales. It's not magic tricks and punchlines and all that stuff. So yeah. I've never had to really do that. So I'm curious to see what the other two have to say, if they've ever done something like yeah, that. Yeah. You go. Uh, uh, I don't like the word scheme. <laughs> um <laughs> But but uh, after I worked at the newspaper back in um, 2007 and, and then branched off and then we started um, selling websites, I, I knew a lot of people in media. I knew people at the, uh, you know, at the, at the news age. And this was when I lived in a bigger town in, in California. It wouldn't work here necessarily. But I knew people from the newspaper. I knew people from the from the radio stations, from the television, television stations. And, you know, I, I would say, hey, you know, refer refer some projects over to us and you know, we'll give you a 15% uh, commission. So somebody refers clients over to us and they get a $5,000 website. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's a decent uh, spiff for some of those salespeople that are out there selling other media that, that I knew. Um, so, but, but as far as like clients referring, I, I never did that with, with clients. Uh, I, I never felt comfortable to, to put, um, you know, one of my clients in that boat. It was more just like people I knew in the media industry. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I, I'm the same way. I, I haven't done any type of referral program or anything like that. Um, I think it makes sense. The situation you described, Corey, you know, industry partners type of thing, uh, you know, other businesses that are getting, you know, requests for it that can refer you and stuff. But for like past clients, your average client, if you do good work, they're going to refer you anyways. Once one of their friends asks them, um, one of their friends asked them, you know, who did your website or I need a website. Do you know anybody? They're going to refer them to you if you did a good job. I don't like the idea of like referral programs for stuff like this, because I feel like it can come across really uh, disgenuine. Um, like word of mouth advertising is the best form of advertising because, you know, 95% of the time there's no like incentive. Like if I have a good experience with a a product or service, I want to tell my friends because I just had a great experience and I want them to have a good experience too. But the second I'm getting something in return, well, then it's not genuine anymore. And it's like, Oh wait, like, are you actually telling me that? Cause you had a good experience or because you want to get, you know, a $200 or $2,000 commission, whatever it is. 
So I'm on the, of the philosophy that if you do really good, great work, your clients will love you. They'll want to refer you. Uh, when you ask for testimonials, they'll give them to you kind of thing. And you don't have to do any type of referral programs. But I think with industry partners, IT companies, uh, you know, graphic designers that don't do web, you know, stuff like that, that can be great because they're getting requests for it and they can refer business on to you. I think that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and, and that's networking. That's reaching out to people and, exactly. you know, saying, please refer me. If there is an incentive, uh, you know, that, that's even better. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of companies do that. So there's nothing wrong with it. But but back to the to the point about like testimonials and then being genuine, Tim, that's 100% correct. Uh, I, I pointed it out to David, uh, you know, your guys' Divi business course. You guys have testimonials that, you know, you're not offering any incentives to people. You're not paying them for them. And they come across like 100% genuine. When you're watch, when you're watching like testimonials or you know like an infomercials for like uh, blue blockers or something on Venice Beach, <laughs> um, you can totally tell that you know all right they're saying this because they're getting free product or they're getting paid a little bit for it and it definitely comes across. So if you're collecting testimonials or getting referrals from clients, it, it, or it, yeah, you want that to just be 100% from the heart. So that, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I want to I want to address something here because we've got some really good conversation going on in the in the live chat and stuff. And Christian asked about value based pricing, you know, um, using the same design for multiple clients and stuff. And here's what I'm going to say to this. OK, I would not do the same design for any two clients ever, um, even if they're in the exact same industry and stuff. Um, I would probably modify them. But if you're focus is local. Um, you're definitely not going to want to do that. You know, if you're global, like the three people on this panel, we build websites for people all over the world. So it's not as imperative for us, you know, Joe's barbershop down the street's not going to see Tim's barbershop's website and they're going to be identical on my website. Um, so you're going to kind of run into that stuff and, and it's not, I wouldn't say best practice, you know, value-based pricing goes, it's a lot deeper than using the same design. Um, you know, the question was that came up in the chat was about charging, you know, two different prices for the same website, basically. And, you know, based on the value of that website to the customer and stuff. And that really is a legitimate thing. If you, if you get to that point where you can, you know, if you're really good and comfortable, you need to be really strong in sales to be able to do value-based pricing because charging somebody $25,000 for a site and then charging somebody $5,000 for the same site. If you don't, if you can't help explain why and justify that, that price difference and stuff, then, um, you know, it's, you're going to have a hard go of it and stuff. So it's just a, a little bit more complicated. We did an episode real early on in Divi chat where we talked about value-based pricing and the different ways to price a website and stuff. So go back and, and listen to that one. Uh, I think Pablo said he dropped the link in there and he did. Thanks, Pablo. Boom. Oh, thanks. Look at that. Yeah. So when to transition from side hustle to freelancer, man, we've talked about all kinds of variables all kinds of different things that you need to consider when you're going to, you know, possibly make that transition. And, uh, I think, um, you know, it just depends on when you're ready. You know, if you're comfortable and you can close sales, I'm telling you right now, do it today. You know, if you're not, you know, yeah, um, I, I think something that we haven't touched on and, and that is probably important is just as important as having that steady income and revenue, is having your processes in place. So, so before you do make that leap and you're working a full-time job and you're going to make the leap and become a full-time freelancer, you want to make sure you have like, you know, your contracts and your, you know, accounting somewhat figured, <laughs> figured out and, and all of those, you know, processes figured out, like what your client cycle is going to look like. Cause if you just quit and you're trying to figure this all out uh, on the fly, it's going to be a lot more difficult and, and you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to concentrate on as much of like the, you know, the sales aspect and new, new, new uh, revenue generation that you should be. So in my mind, that should be done before you take the leap and actually move over to full-time freelancer, which, which is one of the things that I did, even though I kind of, it was an abrupt decision. I, um, at the time took a course from, uh, from Troy Dean, this was like, you know, five, five years ago and, and got, you know, a lot of those 
business documents, uh, contracts and things. Uh, Tim and David's course is like perfect because it <laughs> our people, you know, it, it, it hits like, you know, everything that we're talking about right now on that, like, you know, the nail on the head. And it has those contracts and processes and, and uh, you know, sales mes- methods and things in place. So beyond just building the website and getting new clients, there, there's a lot of little things that you need to think about. Yeah, it's funny because I swear to y'all folks, we did not prep Corey to, you know, come in here and talk about the Divi Business Expert course. But no, uh, no. He, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I did it with, you know, Troy Dean, um, you know, and, and there, there are some similarities and overlapping. Uh, the difference is, is, you know, Dave and Tim's course is very specific to kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, and, and, and Troy's course is, is too, but, you know, at, at the time, I'm just, I don't regret like a minute of, of taking that because it just made everything uh, uh, much more reassuring knowing I had, had all that stuff in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we just had a question in the chat. Uh, Christian asked, um, talking about the Divi Business Expert course, will you guys have a Black Friday 50% discount sale for your Divi Business Expert course? <laughs> <laughs> no. However, we are adding a amazing value add for Black Friday. Um, and so, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that. But anyone that, that purchased already will, will also get it. But um, in, instead of doing a discount, we're adding more value. Yeah, yeah Russell it, it's is... It's tough to discount courses because there's so much like work that go into them even after the fact. It's not like creating a plugin and putting it out there and people just buy it. It's There's a lot right. of yeah exactly yeah one of our students russell horton's in the in the live chat and he you know he talked about his transition process and i want to verbally say congratulations russell because that's pretty dang awesome russell got a uh he secured a job in communications where he just he openly told the company that he's going to go to work for that hey i'm building this web design business on the side we know russell because he's in our course and He's in the church. That's kind of his niches and niche, niche. Sorry, uh, Uncle Social. I know you were niche. going over that in the chat, niche, but niche. either way works. But <laughs> Russell gets to work nice. on his, he gets to work on his side hustle one day a week. And he made that, he, he did that, you know, as part of his negotiations when he went in. And uh, yeah, and, yeah and, and that's really. actually another thing. Like, you know, if you listen to or read uh, somebody like Tim Ferriss and he talks about, it's like, you don't have to all of a sudden take the leap. It's like negotiating these things, um, you know, like, like with your employer. So maybe you've been with a company for five years and you decide you want to ask for a Friday, you know, Hey, I'll get all my work done. You know, I'll work an extra hour a, a day, whatever it might be, but I want to take Friday or I want to take Wednesday. And, you know, I, I, I have something else I want to do like during this time. So th- there's other ways to like transition instead of just like 100% taking the right. leap slowly kind of work your way into it as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I had a friend that did that, uh, which basically he, yeah, negotiated his longtime employer to allow him to work uh, three days a week and then concentrate on his business the other two days a week. And then uh, I think he eventually went down to like uh, three days business, two days full-time or part-time job and then um, and then eventually transitioned out. And so, you know, for a, a company, um, you know, especially if you've been there for a while, that's a, a great solution for them because uh, they don't have to go and find someone new if you've done a good job for them. They don't have to lose you. Uh, so it's, you know, a great win-win situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're, you know, improving your skills, it's just going to benefit that company. So um, I personally have never been one that's, you know, been upset or mad if somebody tries to better themselves that's working for us you know if it's if they if they are improving their life and it's great for them then i'm happy for them you know i'm grateful for the time that they've spent with our company and stuff so uh i know other people like russell's new employer and myself you know have that mindset out there so don't be afraid i think i think people never even ask to think about it Nelson just said Friday's his own too to kind of do what he wants. So there's a few people out there who've been in that situation. And I've actually been in the opposite situation. Uh, my marketing director job, part of the negotiations going in. It made you uh, work more? The opposite? Uh, yeah, yeah. So so the negotiations <laughs> going in was that they would give me Friday because they knew I did a little bit of side work and that and 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 they couldn't afford me for their budget for the position initially. So I, I take the job and 
I realized like within a couple of weeks, like th this isn't going to be like they said. So, you know, it was Fridays off and then all of a sudden I'm working weekends, you know, added events and, and it was, it was for a nonprofit and my heart was in it, you know, it was a good organization for kids, but uh, it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. So 90 days in, um, you know, at that time I negotiated, I just had to negotiate uh, for a salary uh, increase, um, you know, and then a year later I, I actually quit the job, <laughs> but it, it can work either way. So you got to stand up for yourself in, in either, either situation, either if it's somewhere you want to get, or if it's somewhere you should be, and you're not getting there, stand your ground, and um, you know your, your time is money. So, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, uh, until you get to the side hustle, Mr. Strifler over here is looking for front end developers. So go apply for his job that's going on right now. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the jobs posted in the the, the Divi Freelancers for Hire uh, Facebook group, but I could post the link here as well. All right. Well, I don't know if I have much more to say about when to transition, you know, from side hustle to freelancer. And um, I guess we, we could have talked about some other, you know, freelancer type kind of websites that you can work with, like Upwork and um, some of those places that you can sign up for. I know they get work. There's a lot of competition out there, probably especially for WordPress web developers, unless you niche. Niche, niche. <laughs> I do think that the, um, you know, if you're going to go that route, you're probably going to be better off in niching, you know, so that people, you can become a master at that one specific, like, you know, barber's websites, for example. So, you know. Yeah. To that, I'm going to say people that are in the Divi community, um, uh, other people in the Divi community and, um, agency owners like us who are creating products and hiring people in the community, we, we know who's active in the community and who's helpful and who, who has a good reputation in the community. So, um, you know, one of the things you can do is just, you know, get your name out there and start helping people. <laughs> that, that's all we kind of got our start, you know, in, in the groups and helping people out and uh, eventually working our way into, into product development. But, um, that, that's a good way to just kind of get your name and, and build your, uh, I guess, build your brand in the community, you know, cause we'll get an application in from somebody and, you know, David and I will talk, Oh yeah, I've seen this person. He's really helpful. He or she's really helpful. And uh, so, so that helps out as well. So give back to your community. It, it, it might pay off in the end. Absolutely. What do you yeah. think guys? Are we ready for parting thoughts and stuff? Or is it, does anybody have any other questions that they want to ask before we sign off today? <laughs> I'm slapping at Pablo. <laughs> Kill the like button. That is pretty good. <laughs> Pablo's funny. I'm going to tell you. Pablo. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't hit it yet. So, Pablo, I'm pushing the like button right now for you. Boom. All right. Well, I don't know. Parting thoughts, fellas? Arizona hat. <laughs> that is a sweet hat. I like it. It is. Thank I you. want one now. I'm a Louisiana boy, but I want an Arizona hat. We can all get one. Since you guys have all spent your share of time in Arizona in the past couple of years, I, I think you deserve one. Um, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's any cut and dry answer of like when when to make the leap. Um, one, you have to have confidence in yourself. Two, you probably, you know, depending on your situation, if you have 10 kids and, um, you know, you, you do want to have maybe some sort of financial stability lined up. Um, and a way to line that up is to do like what you're saying, maybe negotiate a day, a half a day off with your employer, start working on your side hustle. Um, focus on recurring revenue from the get-go and don't burn yourself out before you get there. You're going to end up hating it. So don't like, you know, work 60 hours a week at your regular job, try to do your side hustle and then, uh, yeah, because you're gonna, you're probably going to end up hitting your side hustle more than your regular job if you do that. I, I guess that's a parting thought. I, I don't know. So <laughs> awesome parting thought, Corey. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so for me, I would say my final thought to answer the question: When should you transition from side hustle to full time? Uh, as soon as you can. So. <laughs> It's super vague. It's going to be different for everyone. But, but in my opinion, the quicker that you can focus fully on your business, uh, 
the better off you're going to be. Now, obviously, you know, depending on circumstances, it's going to be, you know, look a lot different for, for different people. But, you know, the idea of, of focus, like so many successful uh, entrepreneurs will say the one thing that they regret uh, not doing is, is focusing on their one business. You know, they have a successful uh, business that's growing and then they're trying to like, you know, do something else over here and do something else over here. But like focus is, is so important with, with business. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if these extremely successful entrepreneurs are, are, are saying that, then, uh, you know, we all could definitely learn something from it. Here is what I am going to say. Um, we have not touched on yet and stuff, and I'm going to make recommendation. If you're in the side hustle world right now and you're building websites and you've got a full-time gig and you're doing it part-time and you're just not sure and stuff, um, I'm going to highly recommend, and you're thinking about making that leap, I'm going to say, um, you know, find yourself a good mentor. Find somebody, a community that you can be with and um, ask a lot of good questions that can help you walk through the process because, you know, it can be pretty scary for you and stuff, but having the right support around, you know, you can make a big deal, can make a big difference because if you've got people who've already walked the path that you can ask questions for, you can avert making, you know, really kind of simple mistakes and stuff like that. So, um, I would, <laughs> um, I would definitely say, you know, get you, get, get good support around you and stuff. I'm reading the comments as I'm talking and I got to tell you, <laughs> it's very hard to read comments and formulate your thoughts. Um, yeah, there's some funny comments. I have, I have one more yeah. final thought, David, shameless plug. If you need help with the business side, Divi business expert, wpgears.com. Boom. Yeah. I was going to make the shame, same shameless plug, Tim. Dang it. Okay. You can still make it. Yeah. Look, look, Tim and I do have a really, really great course. Um, we've got over 200 students in the first class. We're about to launch class two, December the 5th. Uh, we do have, it's just, the community is amazing. I mean, we've got a few of our students here in the live chat and they're just awesome. I mean, it's, I really believe in the support. You get the right people around you and you can do and achieve anything. We've got great processes. We've got a lot of really good stuff to um, share with you and stuff. And the reality is, is that the three people on this panel right here, we've built some pretty awesome, successful WordPress businesses. So, um, you know, and we love sharing about it. So, um, no, I'm not chewing gum. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Yeah, uh, what that reference is, but uh, I, I, uh, I think because you couldn't like comment and talk at the same time, so like, oh, like, Nancy, I, I suffer, you know, I'm getting old as you can tell, so yeah. thank you for I, putting I do, that I up do this every day, all day, Nancy, so I'm always explaining stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we are super excited. Thank you, everybody, for coming and watching, and uh, we hope you got something out of this Divi chat. Next week, we've got another great episode, and we've got some awesome ones coming up. So um, probably going to have a fuller cast next week. Um, Sarah is traveling. She wasn't able to be here today. Josh, Leslie, all of the rest of the panel and stuff should be back to regulars next week. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>